One problem I believe we have in Christianity as a whole, Catholics and Protestants and evangelicals alike, is we have made God way, 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 way too small. We have made God way, 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 way too small. The first word of our gospel reading and the last word of our gospel reading are the word God. I just want to shed a little light upon what we mean by God when we say God, because if we think we understand God, we have it all wrong. St. Anselm says, God is that which can, nothing greater can be thought. God is that than nothing in which nothing greater can be thought. So just for a moment, I want you just to imagine the universe is a sandcastle. And every single grain of sand is a star. How big would that castle be? It would be five miles high, five miles long, and five miles wide. And every grain of sand would be a star. So when you and I are praying, most of us, anyway, we have this image of God in our mind. Whatever image it is, it's wrong. It's dead wrong. Our God is so much bigger than you and I could ever imagine. He's more massive. He's more immense. He's much more powerful than anything you and I could conceive. And in this universe, that's 46 billion light years across. That is 46 billion times 5.8 trillion miles across. Our God created all of that. And when you read through Genesis, verse, chapters 1, 2, and 3, it's very clear that God has his eye on one creature more than any other creature. And it's you. And we have one God, and Genesis says that one God is, he's not just good, he's really good. And everything he made, he made it out of love. And the highlight of everything that he made is the human person. And he made them male and female in his image and likeness. And he made them for friendship. And for friendship with one another. And the ultimate destiny for every human person, including you and I sitting here today, is to be divinized, is to be Christified, is to be sanctified, to be made into a saint. Which is why every human person in the church's in the church is a special interest group. And this God who so loved the world sent his only begotten son. Why do we use the word begotten? Because God is not created. The second person in Trinity is Jesus Christ. And he's going to be present on this altar in just a moment. And we think that we can just come and receive him willy-nilly and live our lives as if nothing happened. We should fall on our knees as we receive the God of the universe in the Holy Eucharist. And we should choose to live in the light and spread this light everywhere we go. But again, I believe the problem is that you and I have made God too small. We should, we should weep when we receive the Eucharist. There are times at Mass where I can barely get the words of institution out of my mouth because I'm standing in the person of God, in the person of Christ, speaking the words of institution to make nothing into something to make that bread into his body and that wine into his blood. Do we have a clue about how amazing and immense and large our God is? And I want to challenge you with something that's been on my heart for a while, and this might shock some of you. 
But I think if we want to get back to understanding who our God is, we need to stop receiving God on our hands. The word for hands in, in Spanish is manos, right? Or also from the word manipulate. Jesus says, let the children come to me. I can remember the last, the last thing I want to share with you. I can remember a time when I was on summer staff with Catholic youth expeditions. And after every single time we'd been, we'd been on an expedition retreat, we'd always go to somebody's house and we'd celebrate and share graces about how great our God is and what he did for us on this retreat. And again, I think even there we made him too small. But children have a great way of teaching you and I about how amazing our God is. And there was this little boy named Liam. He's about two years old. And I went and laid on the grass and ate next to him. And I just felt the Holy Spirit talking to me. And I can't confirm that it was 100% the Holy Spirit, but I believe it was. And the Holy Spirit said, go get some cookies. And I'm like, okay. So I got some cookies. And the Holy Spirit said, ask Liam if he wants a cookie. Whatever. Okay. So I go, hey, Liam, do you want a cookie? And he goes, no. And I'm like, good one, Holy Spirit. Great job. Thanks. I look like an idiot now. And then he said, ask him again. And I went to Liam and I said, hey, Liam, do you want a cookie? And he said, sure. And I went to give him a cookie, assuming he was going to put his hands out, but he went mouth first. And I just fed him, as a child is meant to be fed. And immediately, like right there, that made so much, so much sense to me, like why we receive communion on the tongue. Because children, they just trust their Heavenly Father, that he'll feed them. And if we have a speck of Jesus on our hands, after we receive communion, and he falls on the grounds, and we don't, we don't know that, that's sacrilege. And our Lord comes down to us, and we have a kneeler here, and he's the God of the universe. You know, the God that, if you had to build a sandcastle, and each star that we're aware of, which we believe there's more stars than any grain of sand on earth, but it'd be, each star was a grain of sand, it is five miles high, by five miles wide, by five miles deep. Like, as soon as we think it's God, it's no longer God. And our, our God so loved the world that he sent his only son, he became one of us, the second person in the Trinity. I don't really have any other words to say. Like, how can I even speak about this God, or even say the word? Yet it is he who is ultimately concerned with you. And he desires deep communion, abiding communion with us. And again, when we come back to our our pews, our minds should be literally blown at how good he is. And if our minds aren't being blown, ask for that gift, that first gift of the Holy Spirit, which is shock and awe, which is amazement. Blow me away, Jesus. Show me who you are. Because if you are who you say you are, I would never dare let you go into my hands. I would never want to manipulate you. I wouldn't want to be fed by you and just open my mouth and let you in. Because I wouldn't want a crumb of you to fall anywhere. Who is God to you? Have you made him so small that you think you can put him in your hands? This is the God of the universe. And as soon as we think it's him, it's no longer him. He is so much bigger and he loves you to the point of taking on your flesh and my flesh and taking on your pain and my pain, taking on your debt of your sin and placing it on himself. 
And the, and the way that he chose to be with us post-resurrection is in the Holy Eucharist. And in Matthew 28, we hear those beautiful words. And know this, I will always be with you to the end of the age. That is God's desire. This amazing, huge God, and I could go on and on and on and on. But if we made him too small, which I'm guilty of it myself, I believe we ought to repent of that and tell God, I'm, I'm sorry that I make you so small. The one that created the universes, the one who created me, all humanity, all the complexities. Our jaws should drop at every single mass. And that's exactly right. Because if your jaws dropped, your mouth is open, and the Lord wants in. Amen.